Good evening, dear listener, and welcome to our petite, cosy, and very often occasional podcast dedicated to the progress, challenges, highs and lows of supporting Chelsea FC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and uh, those who are somewhere in between or haven't decided yet, you're listening to the Podding Shed. As it's been a bit longer than expected, um, i.e. we didn't bother doing anything over Christmas or in December, um, it's probably gonna, it may be a quieter, more thoughtful Podding Shed than last time, or it might not be, as tonight I have a stellar cast of pundits um, to joust with each other verbally and to offer informed and ill-informed, judged and misjudged, thoughtful and knee-jerk comment for you to enjoy. Uh, also tonight, slightly different format, um, as we're going to try and evolve, evolve the whole podding shed uh, uh, away from its previous formats because of its less, its low, lower frequency. We're now going to plan around this monthly, um, but it will be more of a freeform conversation rather than specific match views. There will be plenty of reviews for you to read in other media, um, but this is a slightly broader conversation. Um, but no doubt we will end up referring to specific matches. Um, this is episode ninety. Yes, ninety nine. Zero, catch Van Dies, as the French would say, um, because they just want to make life even more complicated than just saying 90. Um, but the episode is as yet, of course, untitled. But of course, our dear leader, Nick, our very own version of Robert Stigwood, i.e. He, he produces all of this, um, or casts his expert eye and ear across the recording and undoubtedly pluck a title relating to something beautiful, bonkers, brilliant or just plain balmy. And let's crack on and start by introducing tonight's Podding Shed Luminaries and Glitterati. Um, I'll count myself out of that because my name is Tony Glover, I'm also known by my Twitter handle at GrocerJackUK. And for tonight, I'm going to be the Jeremy Paxman of the evening, keeping a beady eye on the guests and, of course, trying to make sure they answer any questions that are asked. Um, first of all, our chief provider of musical interlude and off-piece comment, um, Donal, a.k.a. and Dr. Underscore... Blue Bayou on Twitter. Welcome, Donald. Good evening. Thank you for the intro. It's a pleasure to be here after such a long time. Yes. I would uh, contest the fact that being who we are and being in the podding shed, I think evolution has passed us by. So I'm not quite sure how much evolving we can do. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Um, uh, well, um, uh, maybe just development then <laughs> as, 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 we, as we move things on. Um, and next... <coughs> Um, let me introduce, because he's keeping up an Azpilicueta-like run of successful appearances and continuing to be the equivalent of the boy who pointed out that the Emperor wasn't actually wearing any clothes. We welcome back the brilliant Martin Wickham, also known as at Martin underscore Wickham on Twitter. Good evening, Martin. Good evening. Um, I had to read up on that story once I saw the intro earlier. <laughs> Completely forgotten what it was. <laughs> oh dear! You just remind me of the bloke who just sits and when we're all chatting in the pub and goes, "No, this is rubbish." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, 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 I don't think I, I used. The, I don't use the word rubbish. No, though. you probably don't. No. Um, back for another session. Um, uh, 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 loyally, we welcome back the lovely Queku, aka at number one is Chelsea on Twitter. Welcome back, Queku, and good to hear those dulcet tones again. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Um, and then, as a bumper bonus. Um, we have the lovely Dan, 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 Silver on board. Um, uh, uh, he must be ruined the day Alan Partridge ever did that sketch um, because um, he can't be in the pub before or after the game without hearing his name repeated incessantly from people who want to say that particular line. 
Um, it must be like being victim, the bloke who plays Victor Meldrew when people come up to you and go, I don't believe it. Um, it's as if you've never heard that, Dan. How are you doing? Very well. It's better than a game called Junior Travers by our good friend, Titchener. <laughs> Ian Titchener, yes. Yeah, yeah. well, both, it's a bit unfair because both, both him and you haven't been out of the country for some time, really. So... Um, but I, I, I spotted a t- <laughs> I spotted something there, and then of course about a week later, I think I went to Copenhagen, so I'm getting it back in. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've been quite as kindly described as the Judith Chalmers of the cock yet. But um, yeah, Alan Wicker. yeah, that was that, that was purely down to age, as far as I'm concerned, though, wasn't it? Um, anyway, good to have you all back and on board. Um, Let's kick off. I just want to go um, in part one, a review of the season thus far. Uh, you can include any standout games of good and bad. Um, I'll, I'll just kick it off. Um, we seem to have a lot of uh, criticism firing our way at the moment, um, both from ourselves, fans, um, the media, who seem to think that there's a, a huge crisis going on. And there we are, unbeaten now, I think, in 19 games in all competitions. Um, with a defence that's looking more solid than it has done probably since Mourinho's first um, uh, stint at our club. So, um, chaps, I'll start off with you, I think, um, Martin. Right, well, um, I was, thank God we're not having to do game by game because I can't remember half of them. It's been so long. But um, <laughs> generally, I just think we've, in some cases, we've sacrificed you know, flair for functionality because there were so many games in such a short space of time, we were trying to do, do just about enough, you know, do enough to win the game. And so there were a couple of, you know, fairly dull 1-0 games, Swansea-Southampton. And I think towards the end of it, just through, you know, they were just knackered, basically, paid the price, but only paid it in the form of nil-nils. I think um, it's not been... I think Man City, everyone suffers by comparison to Man City as well. And that's always worth bearing in mind. They're having a potential record-breaking season and compared to compared to them we all look a little bit you know lackluster and dull uh yeah i mean i I don't know i think it's because we've had a series of one nil wins at home i think the pressure's been on us at home and, and and i'm willing to have anybody throw in that because we we do seem to be better away from home than we are at home at the moment and it may be just my perception or whatever um but, you know, if you look at, we've had stellar, fantastic displays at home, you know, against Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, and then we come up with Norwich um, twice and then Arsenal, um, uh, uh, you know, in that um, Carabao Cup game. Um, you know, perfunctory, you know, one nils against Swansea and Southampton. Um, are we being a bit unfair, Kweku? Earth calling Kweku. There's the perils of a live recording, folks. Um, oh, my... Hello, I've returned. Sorry. Ah, right, okay. I, I was just on mute there. So. Right. Um, um, fire away, yes, quickly. I, I, yeah. Um, I thought Brighton was a really, really um, welcome return to what we are used to doing, uh, passing the ball properly and scoring quality goals um, and allowing our players to do what, what we know that they can do. Um, William's goal, I think, was it was just, just one of those goals that reminds you of just how lucky we are to watch this team. Um, you see Hazard and William and Kante and um, now Christensen at the back. And I think um, 
with the focus on Man City, as, as Martin was saying, I think um, we're always going to suffer uh, from that comparison. But to be quite frank with you, I think everybody this season just has to accept that it's their league for the taking. And what we need to focus on is going as far as we can in other cup competitions and making sure that we're in the Champions League next season. And if we're doing that, then we have to say job done for now. Yeah, Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, I think listen, we are and we are where we are. We're team very well, but people's expectations of beautiful FIFA football every week and spanking teams four and five nil is just not reality. You know, we're not going to do it week in week out. People come set up very defensively and make it very hard to break down. And then we have that five man midfield. We don't have the kind of you know the nows to break teams down. But in any other season, I think we'd be top of the league. Just that City are being the anomaly almost out of everybody else. And we're not going to win week in, week out. Last year was a phenomenal season. This year, we're not far off where we were in terms of points. Mm. So it's, you know, it's, it's in reality, not reality. That's the wrong word. Yeah, if, yeah. If you go, if you take the equation, are we happy with the season? You probably say yes on the whole. It's just City have just been so phenomenal, and they've set the bar very, very high for the first 20, 24, 25 games. Yeah, they they have indeed. Donal, your thoughts. <laughs> Um, I think that, um, yeah, I, th- I tend to agree that the bar is set very high and any falling away from that tends to um, create the crisis club for the week. Um, my, my main concerns would be that we do sometimes seem not toothless up front, but <clears throat> we actually create the chances and, and fail to take them in quite worrying fashion in certain games, particularly I think the Arsenal game springs to mind of the recent ones. Um, And also, although we are looking results-wise solid, you know, quite solid defensively, we've acquired a a rather nasty habit of of conceding very late goals. I mean, we Mm. conceded conceded a a last-minute goal to Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup then we conceded a last minute or last couple of minutes to Arsenal uh, in the <clears throat> League Cup, and then we compounded that by conceding a, a very late goal to Norwich uh, in the FA Cup. So I have one or two concerns about not individuals, just the solidity of the team when when under pressure or when you know as the clock is running down we. They don't seem to have learnt the lessons of trying to move the ball up the pitch, take it to the corners, do something other yeah. than all fall back onto the. They all fall back onto the the eighteen yard line or, or inside the box, <clears throat> leave the the guy to pick out a cross, and, and concede a goal. Um, so that that would be the, you know, the main bugbear. I think that and and I mean Brighton was I think probably the the game where that sort of self-correction of, of going three, two or three games without scoring a goal, you then bag four. But even in the Brighton game, we got away with it at the back a few times. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I'm not... That, that's that's football, you know, so, yeah, yeah. compared to last season. Yeah, quicker. You were you know, going to say... We're going to yeah, struggle a bit this I'll, season. I'll be a bit, bit boring and, and put, my, uh, put my big uh, train spotting out of that. Um, and open my sandwiches uh, and point out some stats. Um, this is a really weird season um, for two reasons. Firstly, we're, we're actually getting better. We've only conceded 16 goals this season. 
um, which is just behind Man United with more or less level pegging with defensively. The problem is that we are really suffering um, down the other end. We've, uh, I think we're 25 goals off City, which gives you an example of... Good Lord. Um, we're also nine goals off Liverpool, who are level pegging with us. Yeah. So you can see straight away where the, where the, where the problems are. So but can, can, can I just say that, that, that we, we scored 70... I think it was 72 or 75 goals the years we won the two leagues under Mourinho. And I believe we scored something like 70-odd goals last season. And we are actually on pace to score 70-odd goals this season. Yeah. So yeah. we're not actually scoring less than we've done in years where we've actually won the title. Mm. It's just that Man City are going on the sort of pace that we had when we won is, it under... The difference is, though, Donald, the... Um uh, we were conceding 16 or 17 goals all season under the um, and still scoring 70 goals. So we, we were so good defensively. No, no, I accept that. Yeah. yeah. But, but now, then, these then, days, because defenders are not as good as they need uh, to be, and there's no John Terry and Ricky Carvalho at the back, or Ruth Bassi at the back. That, um, yeah. That's a bit deceptive because we've got a better, you know, yes, Liverpool scored more goals, we've got a better goal difference in Liverpool by plus five, so it's all kind of. It's all relative. Yeah. But they are shipping goals down the other end of the field. Yeah. 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 Shitting goals, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That as well, yeah. Sounds painful. I was was just going to jump in here and and say that um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of taking all these points on board. Um, You just mentioned there, Quaker, you know, there's no John Terry, Ricky Carvalho, and I don't, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, and I don't think we'll see that again. I don't think we'll see that kind of um, that team again. I don't think there's anybody out there who can be another Essien, for example. Um, uh, the game is, is, you know, evolves every year. It, the, the, the styles evolve, you know, differently, etc. Um, I'm intrigued by, um, you know, what, what what we're all saying. My my own observation, my own observation is that, um, and I alluded to it earlier, is is that um, the home games I've been to. Um, the, the team don't look comfortable at Stamford Bridge. Now you take Stoke out of that because you know we were joking with each other. I think that you know we, Mark Hughes was lucky to come out after half time still in a job. Um, but uh, you know, take that aside. You know, we have we've, we've struggled. I think a little bit at home. I'm, you know, I can't think of a a really top class home performance since Manchester United. Um, every other game after that, we struggled against Swansea. We we we, we seem to. And I don't know, is it the pressure of the crowd? Is it, are we being too precious? Uh, uh, what is it? Are they intimidated by their own, their own? I, I just think that the, the difference this season is, is just really simple. We're not, um, we're creating a lot of chances that we aren't taking. And also, um, we're not playing the ball with as much fluency. If you, if you think about Saturday, one of the reasons why Saturday was so enjoyable is it was so different to what we've seen for most of the season. The passing was crisp. We saw a lot of movement. There was interchanging. Um, we looked like we somebody had taken the handbrake off. You know? But the sort of the games beforehand, I'm thinking about Palace away, West Ham away, these kind of games where we don't turn up until, you know, just after full time, you know, we realise that, you know, um, it's, it's actually time just to start playing sometime in that selfish time. Um, and... Um, we just 
we just don't really offer anything. It's almost like we, 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 we have to spend about 20, 30 minutes figuring out exactly what it is that we're good at, and then we, then we arrive, by which time we usually put down. Um, and then obviously, you know, Burnley, um, Burnley at home. Yeah, Martin, your, your, your thoughts? Um, it helps with Brighton <coughs> that they um, sat back so much in the early 10 minutes. They were as passive a team at home that I could remember. I think the only comparison I've got as, as well as that is Huddersfield, where yeah. they sat back, let us play, and, you know, we've played. We've got, you know, if you give any player 10 yards of space, they're going to look world, world class. When we've got players that are uh, the, stand, the standard we have, they're going to look brilliant. Um, I've, I was at the opposite end for the... Um, William goal, yeah. and you could just yeah whatever rule they had amongst themselves, you could only pass with your heel. Was uh, <laughs> in a, it looked special from you know being at the opposite side of the ground. When you yeah. watch it back on match of day, you're just thinking, wow, yeah, you know that's what they're capable of doing. So just you'd like to see them do it a bit more frequently. And at home, it's not so much that they're inhibited. I think they just it, there's been so many games where we should have you know. The Swansea game, for instance, was a one-nil thrashing. Yes. We should have put about five past them. Yeah, yeah. I'd also yeah. put Atletico Madrid at home in there. It was a one-all draw. How the hell we didn't win that game, I still don't know. No, it's just been so many games where you've got to think, how the, the name of God have we only won by the odd goal or not? You know, managed to draw. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. We've been saying it for weeks before Christmas. You know, there's going to be a team that's going to be on the wrong end of a hiding and. When, when they come, they are um, enjoyable to watch. Yes, they are. Um, Dan, um, do you think we've got a problem with the goals? Or is it just a blip? I don't think it's a blip. Listen, we're, we're winning games. You know, ultimately, being the ultimate pragmatist is getting three points. Whether it's 1-0 or 4-0, the, the ultimate game is, is to win. Defensively, we're sound. Yes, we could be scoring more goals, but we're, we're winning games. You know, it's, it's difficult. I thought the fluency on Saturday was brilliant. I thought Michy showed a lot more intelligence, I think, with, yeah. with the use of the ball. I thought his movement was very good. Yes, he still had a few mishy moments, but generally I thought he was marked improvement on, on what he's done. He seemed yeah. to, you know, use the ball very well. And I thought, you know, slightly digressing, I thought um, Bakayoko had a good game. Although he wasn't flash, everything he did was very simple. Simple passes, you know, awareness, just very simple, almost like he was too scared to make a flash pass. But I think his stats were phenomenal in terms of past completions and all that kind of crap which modern day football fills you with yeah you know if we were losing games we'd be concerned we're winning games perhaps not convincingly Morata's got off the ball a little bit we don't yeah. really have any you know a, a prolific backup Michy in a three is a lot better than Michy in a one because he doesn't have the the footballing now to play that role no I don't think he's, he's got the ability you have people dovetailing in the side of it you saw you know little Touches of what, what he well, could do. Can and I? Completely good parts of so I think he yeah. made a good save in the first half. Yeah. Can I throw something in there about uh, Batshuayi? He, he. I'm wondering whether or not because there was a point um, with um, well, not long after we got an Elka, where he seemed to have this um, kind of uh, uh, moment of clarity. I think because you know uh, where he realised he was no longer the out and out striker. He couldn't be the single point man up there like Drogba could be. However, when he played behind Didier, uh, or the two of them were, were, were given game time together, it was devastating because no one knew how to put the ball in better than Anelka. 
He knew exactly where yeah. Drogba would be. And Elka was a fantastic player at holding the ball. I mean, he would get the ball and he could hold the ball, you know, up. I'm just wondering whether or not Batshuayi... Similar to Oedeka Johnson as well. Yeah, I wonder whether Batshuayi would benefit from that. Two goals at Fulham early one season when, you know, little couple of one touches and then Elka went through and scored. It was just great football. Elka was, was great great for us. I think yeah. He was you know, good, good signing, got lots of goals. I think, yeah. It's funny that... going to be here... In the window, I don't know. But I just thought, you know, fair play to him. He's had a lot of criticism. He took his, you know, took his goal well on, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. I thought he had a fairly decent game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, quick, are you going to say something? Yeah, so just thinking about Nicholas Anelka, um, who I, I agree was was really underrated. Um, what he did was underrated, uh, particularly in double under Carlo, playing. Um, but the thing about that is that that's pretty much what Conte is going to try and do um, if he sign Edin Dzeko. Because what's the idea from what the people... Oh, Clicker, you, you sound like you're on the International Space Station, mate. Right. You're fighting right. in Yeah, that's better. Is that, that bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, much better. Well, a lot of people, well, a lot of people who seem to have been briefed by Conte since day one have been saying is that pretty much that's what he wants to do. He wants to have a big target man striker with Morata pretty much playing off uh, playing off that striker. Pretty much doing the role that Anelka did off Drogba. So basically doing all the running off, holding the ball up, but also um, linking linking play with people like Hazard and Field. So it might be it might just be that we get to see that kind of football again um, yeah. very soon. Um, which um, is interesting. Donal, I'm going to kick, kick off the last part of part one. I think it's been an interesting chat. It, it kind of leads easily into part two, where we um, where we're going to have a chat about the club in general and everything about it. Play, players, board, manager, <coughs> fans, everything like that. Um, but if if you look at this 19 games unbeaten that we've done, yeah, um, yes, uh, which in any any club would love. It doesn't matter whether there's a smattering of draws in there. You know, it's still you know a, a, a good solid base and any other season but we've lost games to Burnley um, we've lost games to West Ham and Crystal Palace and of course City at home I think there's possibly another one in there but I can't think what it is um, but do you think <coughs> no we've only lost the four Tony. we've only just lost the four are you right so do you think crisis those, club yeah crisis club but do you think those defeats and I'm going to ask each one of you what you think of this but I'll start with you Donal do you think that those defeats will cost us second place behind United um, uh, it's difficult to say because obviously we, we've got we've still got United to play we've still got City Liverpool um, <clears throat> Tottenham those are all games that potentially we could lose but strangely as you pointed out it's own, City are the only top team to have beaten us so far um, I think that they might they might count against us in that if you if you sort of start the season thinking, okay, we can afford to lose four or five games and they're going to be to the top teams in the top eight, then, you know, we, we've caused ourselves a problem by losing to, to Crystal Palace, uh, West Ham, and to some extent, Burnley. But uh, I don't know. They, they was sort of, there was a strangeness about the team this year that, on a, on a particular day, going back over the years, it happens every season. But we seem to have been caught out more than once this season by a very sub 
subpar performance uh, against weaker teams. I, I will <clears throat> bow to the the sage, the French sage of football, uh, Mr. Arsene Wenger, um, <laughs> who did way back in the day, when I think he was still actually winning stuff, said that um, he felt London teams were handicapped by too many derbies. And when you look at the West Ham game and the Crystal Palace game, I think there is something in that. You know, we, we have to play at least four derbies, you know, at least three to four teams most seasons. Sometimes it gets worse and it can be six or yeah. seven. But, you know, I think that can cost us. Will it cost us second place? I don't know. We need to, we need to maintain this run because we could very easily slip down fifth or sixth you know it's 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 pretty tight the only thing a bit like last year that's giving me hope is that everyone else keeps cocking yes they do yeah apart from dan dan what do you think i mean you know dropped some silly points had a run of draws before christmas against teams they should be beating i think it's 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 in our hands we've got a bit of breathing space from tottenham who don't seem to be playing that well we've just got to keep 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 winning spurs have got three tough games up i think they've got to play city United and Liverpool in the next three matches so there's oh. a chance for us to you know make some ground up on them yeah yeah so um, we, we, we can't really worry about what the teams do we just we've got to keep winning keep doing what we're doing continue this run yeah you know, I, think, I think I think I read so I think 10 to 12 wins should guarantee us top three for the rest oh, of the season I think blimey, okay. that, like that. yeah that's, that sounds far more yeah I, I, yeah I think like you I think we're we're Every, everything's been put out of kilter by you know what people are saying well, this is going to be you know the, the best season the best premiership season ever which is turning into a bit of a procession therefore quite dull for everybody and inevitably teams that are still very good end up in this no, no doubt Sky are building up the fight for second third fourth and fuck knows whatever else like you know as they do Martin what do you think about second place then because if we're honest City, it, w- it would be um, a, a, a collapse yeah, of got... epic proportions for them to to, to, to drop out and, and, and bollocks this up now. Yeah, um, there's plenty of time to secure second place, I think. Um, we're on a good run of form. If we keep it going, win at Old Trafford will help as well. well that's a, probably a big ask. <laughs> I'm starting to think that come end of April, May, we're going to be start thinking of defeats earlier in the season and Ask, did they cost us a run at first place? Well, yes. When you look at the clubs that, you know, three, at Good least you, you could take the City one. Sorry, I'll let, I'll let you in a minute. You take the City one, but you take the West Ham Palace and Burnley defeats, which are games yep. you would probably think we should have won. Okay. Um, Burnley was a car crash from, you know, the minute Cahill got sent off. Um, and, and Palace and West Ham were just games that um, I think, you know, at least four or five of the players there were actually us wearing masks rather than them you know um, because the performances were pretty dire um dan I'd sorry you were going to say something i've been at work christmas party before the west ham game so if i was on the pitch you'd have noticed <laughs> dan do you i think you were going to say something no no i just just agree with martin just that, you know uh, right quicker what about you it was a game where you know, we, we, uh... Yeah, quicker. Still on the question: of, yeah. Is it going to cost a second? I like Martin's right. upbeat. You know, those defeats probably might have cost us a run at first. But um, just give me a, give me your I, view I on. Just, I, I was just marvelling at the fact that there's another Dalek in the building. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually usually it's me. No, I mean I, I think uh, I, I don't think anybody 
from second downwards, I don't think anybody can feel safe. I think it's just a question of that. I think the actual um, the actual deciding thing will be who uh, who comes out of the Champions League first. I think um, if if we're out first, I think I think we're prime position for second place. And unfortunately, we're playing Barcelona, so that's entirely possible. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's just a question of who who can um, who can focus on, on the league. Um, quicker than, than, than the others because I think if, if we're in a situation where we're going deep into the Champions League with a relatively thin squad then you can see where the problems might lie but yeah. I, I don't think United are that good I don't think Spurs Liverpool Liverpool obviously good going forward but they're so bad at the back that it's just um, you know it, I, I, I don't see any side there that can feel safe about finishing second excellent yeah that, that pretty much sums up where I'm Slightly coming from from a slightly more optimistic view than normal for me. I'm going to move just move on into into sort of part two. Um, and the first thing I've come up with is, is just basically want to chat about the general state of the club. Um, we've got a part three with other stuff, um, which is kind of falls outside of it, or maybe not doesn't fit in there. But it's really about the players, um, the board, the manager, fans, uh, anything that's integral to the club. So I'm going to start off with the players um, because. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going back to what we've spoken about sort of earlier, where we can, we can be pretty Jekyll and Hyde in the way we sort of perform. You know, um, Norwich in both games was a, a a a real Hyde performance. I think it was really rank um, until the last half an hour, possibly an extra time last week when when it took off. And then, of course, you've got the thrill of penalties, by which I have to say I did my usual and I turned away from it because um, this is a tradition at Stanford Bridge now where everybody around me says I've got to look the other way and I'm quite happy to do it because since I've been doing that we've never missed a penalty okay um, so uh, you know as far as I'm saying that, that that's a small price to pay but um, when I looked at it um, we, we, we lost Christensen um, uh, 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 on Saturday wasn't it against Brighton I think Okay, um, and I think you know whatever they say about his his particular injury, I, I, I felt so reassured by seeing David Luiz come on. Um, I thought, well, this is you know nothing's going to change here. I thought David Luiz equipped himself perfectly adequately against Norwich. Um, he was um, you know no worse or no better than any of the other players on the pitch. To be fair, but. Um, I, I, I'm looking at Louise and thinking I don't want to lose him again because I think he's a, a, a great player who was one of our standout players last season. Um, I think Christensen is fabulous and, and real testament to our academy. I'm wondering whether there's a place for them both and whether or not that means um, with a Gary Cahill. Um, and would it be fair on Cahill, a man who has been nothing but fiercely loyal to Chelsea? And actually... Is fairness even a thing to consider, or do we just completely be ruthless um, and say, you know, um, we, you know, we're going to we're, we're going to shoot the run of the litter if, if you like, you know, or or the weak ones? Got to be ruthless. We're a top top football club. You've got to be ruthless. You've got to think that Zoom is going to be coming back next season after hopefully a good year at Stoke. Both Cahill and Louise are wrong side of thirty. We know clubs' policies and those sort of players. You've got to move forward. Now, JT gone, heavy heart, Louise. Certainly got another year, two years in him. I think Kelly will be the one to to be sacrificed. I think purely yeah. just based on contract and so on. And just be generally his technical ball on the ball problem. Because you've got three at the back, you need the more decent ball players, and that's not his not his strong point. Yes, he's a real solid, wholehearted defender, 
but I think he'll be he'll be the one to be made an escape goat. And then yeah. obviously got Ampadu potentially kind of well. This is a, this is another one I was going to throw in with Ampadu there as well. I mean, we seem to have a uh, suddenly like 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 as a club we are, we're either got a complete paucity of, of players for certain positions, or we've got a complete overload of them, and we seem to be quite rich in that department. Um, my thing, I think, I think as a club, as a club, we only ever have enough room for two players with big hair. And uh, <laughs> Willian has got big hair. David Luiz has got big hair, and that's why Nathan Ake had to go. And Ampadu had big hair. hair. So um, Ampadu's coming in with big hair means that either David Luiz or Willian will probably have to go before the end. By the end. I've, I've been inside the, the Chelsea dressing rooms, and if you see the quality of our hair care products inside, uh, <laughs> inside uh, the dressing room, you wouldn't be surprised to see such magnificent hair. Now, I'm actually serious. There's uh, In the away dressing room, you know away teams used to nick um, our shower gels and, uh, and oh, shampoos. Really? Blimey. Genuinely, the, the person who's in there said to Liverpool. me, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, they're, they're all too busy using head and shoulders, aren't they, Dan? The Liverpool players. Oh, other products are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Um, How do we think Rudiger's doing? I mean, well, he's well, the he, other. I've got, I've got, I've, I've got him on the list um, a bit further down. Those sort of bullet points. Have you? Sorry, about. I do apologise. Um, and I was going to bring him into it. Actually, I'll, I'll probably and I put him behind Hazard, which is a bit dull when we're talking about defence at the moment. I mean, I, I, I take Dan's point about. Cahill, I, I have been a huge Cahill fan. I think, you know, the, the, the bloke, any bloke like him who can pick himself up from the disaster of a couple of years ago where he gave the ball away and uh, I think we lost to, was it Liverpool that night? I can't remember now. Um, and then turn in absolutely, you know, fantastic performances. And against Leicester, he did one tackle and block right down in front of me, um, which was world class. It stopped Mares from, you know, probably getting the ball back into Vardy. Um, and he came out of nowhere. Um, so I like, I like his sort of, um, if you like, full-blooded um, ability. I, I do accept that, you know, as a ball player, he might be limited and pace. But, you know, he's, he's got as much pace as John Terry ever had. Let's face it, John Terry was never known for being a pacey defender. Um, um, and I'd be sad to see him go, but I do appreciate, as Dan says, that, you know, um, it's a ruthless cutthroat world. I don't think you start writing, and certainly defenders don't start writing them off once they're, they're over 30, you know, because they can often go on quite a long time, as proven by John Terry. Um, but it just it just interesting me uh, on who who we think that, you know, we're not going to be able to keep them all happy. Um, Martin? Um, if you want to talk about fairness in relation to Cahill, I think it would be to allow him to leave, because he's going to want to play regular football, he's 32 years of age. Um if an offer does come in for him from somewhere, I think it would be, you know, as a, almost as like a thank you for your service, to, you know, on your way and leave with his head held high. Yeah. Um, if I think, you know, we've got, I think at some point, possibly before the end of this season, our starting back three will be established, Rudiger, Christensen and Espilicueta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. Luis can come in. I, think, I was very impressed by him at Brighton because he actually came on and, you know, belied his reputation he actually calmed a lot of things down because it was getting a mm. little bit um, uncertain at points I think certain he, yeah. players he had a strut he had a, he had a strut about him which looked like that yeah. you know right I'm it's, it's not I'm not comparing him to Balak but Balak had that kind of strut about him that kind yeah. of presence yeah. if you like where he was basically saying everybody for fuck's sake calm down 
Yeah, we don't need to be losing our heads here. Um, uh, I loved his little cameo. I loved him when he came on because we were about to take a free kick um, at the and mm. you know outside just outside the box. He's like, "Come on, replace Christensen." Ran up to Alonso, ran up to William, made it look as if he was about to take yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh no, he's going. We were thinking, "Oh, he's going to blast it." Doesn't this, doesn't this go to the heart of the constant debate that we see amongst fans? Um, I mean, someone said it earlier on. Chelsea is a big club. And people are often decrying the, the quality of the squad we've got, uh, which has made me go back and look at all the squads we'd had over time. And you forget that for every squad that had Essien and Carvalho, you had Bularuz or someone like that. People are conflating, are conflating like 10 to 12 years worth of Chelsea teams into this super team that once existed, mm. which actually never quite existed. We That's always it. had a core of good players, but we never had... And, and we're, we're hitting the nub of the problem here. You've got Rudiger, you've got Cahill, you've got Christensen, um, and you've got um, uh, Azpilicueta. We've got uh, Ampadu, who I wouldn't be surprised if they put them out on loan next year after blooding in this year. And we've got your man to come back from Stoke. Now, if we are, the problem we have is a big club and everyone wants to go scouring Europe and buying every 70 to 80 million pound player that's going. You can't play them all and you can't keep them all happy. And, you know, this, I'm not saying we can solve anything here tonight. I'm just saying it's interesting yeah, that yeah. we're looking at, it is. you know, you get two, two or three injuries and it can happen. Thankfully, Touchwood Chelsea seems to have had a good run in recent years, injury-wise. But, you know, suddenly then you're down to maybe a regular three and a backup, you know, because two of them are, are injured or whatever. Yeah. So how do you keep a star player like Louise and a man of his quality, a young man like Christensen, who, in my opinion, has already established himself as someone who's really going to be you know, a superb, a couple of times in games, the ability to actually commit yourself to a tackle and then end up just kneeling down as the player goes flying over to try and win the penalty when you haven't even flashed your leg. That awareness, that presence of mind is yeah. just yeah. stunning. So you've got Luis, you've got him, you've got Azpilicueta who week in, week out is a steady player. Yeah. You've got Cale who's still an England international. You know, and these other but how do you fit them all in? How do you keep them all happy? If you let them start to go, who's going to replace them? Because we can't then buy another three ninety million pound centre backs because they won't be happy because they won't be playing. I think I, I was it's a, a conundrum. Yeah. conundrum, chaps. It is, but isn't it a nice one to have? I, I look at um, Louise and think Louise could play where Fabregas plays. He has got that kind of ability on the ball. Um, and he can tackle, and he can tackle. <laughs> you know, I think he's. He, he he doesn't like doing it, but I think if anybody could persuade him that he's got a a, a future sort of alternating between, we always forget that Marcel Desailly was actually a, a midfielder before he went back into defence, um, and, and and what a defender he was. Um, and I lo- I like very much the look. We always forget the boss winger. Yeah, single. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, a right back before he became a world class oh, yeah. centre back. Three, <laughs> three games a season. Yeah. I liked in, in the Camp Nou against Messi. Yeah, but mm. I like, I like, and I really like the look of Rudiger. I, I, number one, I always think we have, we we don't have enough Germans in the team. 
That's one thing. Okay, I think you. If Here we you've go. Got the Balak crush again. Well, if you've got two or three Germans, um, then I think you're you're always going to be a pretty decent side. I don't know if if we sh- if we could have got Schurler back, I'd have been more than happy. But I like Rudiger. I like good his... at penalty shootouts as well. Yeah, I, but I like his. <laughs> I like what I like about Rudiger is he's 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 absolutely. He's no big time Billy. He's not there looking for the plaudits or anything. You know, the very first game he played against Burnley. He he looked at me when we were losing as annoyed as I was. Okay, he looked like what the fuck have I just walked into, sort of thing. So I I really rate Rudiger, and I think he's got a big future with us. Um, I, I think he he has been steady every game he's come on. And for me, the best defenders are exactly that. They they're the steady people. They they do their job. Ivanovic was in this sort of vein, you know. Ivanovic, I've always said it before, reminded me of that kind of you know if you saw him outside of the football he would have a straw hat on and a piece of straw hanging out between his teeth he'd be like a simple farm boy um, and, and the coach just goes up to him and says you defend and he just goes I defend and off he goes um, and I think that's where Rudiger is I, I, I really like him your thoughts on Rudiger chaps yeah I like I him he's, he's fitting in very well he's pacey he's strong his awareness is very good he's popped up with some goals I think, you know, for your first 20, 20 games in the Premiership, I think he's very, very positive. I do like him. I think he's, he's a modern defender now. He's not this big Mickey Joy-esque beast of a man. He's just a very, like Christensen, just a strong, slim, pacey athlete. I think the two of them would have to be, you've got the best of all the, all the worlds, you know, in terms of pace, heading ability, awareness, passing. I think that's a, a very good back three. And I think that may be one of the reasons that you, as you say, um, Dan, that you know we might see. Um, hopefully, the club would do that to Cahill and give him the option, you know, to depart, you know, with a, a nice pile of cash off to a club where he's going to play every week, um, uh, uh, and whatever. Um, anyone else want to say anything about Rudiger or a defence? That kind of that whole back line in, in general. Before I move I on to Bakayoko, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think Cahill's uh, an idiot. I mean, I, I saw a stat I think it was uh, last week say that in all of the games that he's not started, he's won. Yeah. Um, which is quite frightening. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he, he, he knows how it is. If he's not performing, he won't be in, in, in the side. That doesn't necessarily mean to say that he doesn't have a role in the squad because you always need players with experience. But it just means that if he, you know, if he's not, if he's not doing it, he'll, he'll be on the bench. It's not, it's not sentimentality about it. It's just the way it is. He knows, he knows how it is. I think that, I think the back three at the moment is shaping, is shaping into Aspilicueta, um, Christensen, and one other. And if Rudiger, um, the only issue with Rick is that his position is where Aspilicueta's position is, right-footed on the right side of the, of the three. So he might have to reinvent himself if he's going to be a regular because everybody knows how good Aspilicueta is. So, yeah. and, and then with Louise, um, it's funny because people, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm in your fan club, David Louise fan club, I just think he's terrific. Um, I think he, he makes the odd mistake, but I think if he made, and I love uh, Gary Kay, I love his commitments and stuff, but if he made, if Louise made the same amount of mistakes yeah, that uh, Gary Kay makes, you know, um, we'd never hear the end of it. Um, but he, he has actually played in the field um, under Benitez and also that, that lesser known adventurous manager called Jose Mourinho yeah. I thought he was fantastic when he yeah. played, played in there against PSG yeah. so um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a question for Conte if he wants to put in there I think he could do what, what Bakayoko does um, seamless link um, yes. it, uh, and, and better 
um, <clears throat> at the moment. Um, I just think we need to be we need to have a little bit more courage about the way we use our players, and, and, and I think courage in all the subjects that we're about to discuss, or we have this discussed that. I think that's what it is. I think we've been less courageous than we, than we were last season. I think we, we we've taken a risk with Christensen. We put him in. It's, he's been superb. There's Ampadu there. There's Masonda. There's a lot of the, the young boys. We need to get to a stage where, we, where we're not always going for the safe option, not just in our football, but in the way we make decisions over players. Yeah. Because that, that's how you, 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 you discover these kind of uh, talents. Yeah, I agree. Well, certainly going, going for Andy Carroll could never be... Uh... Described as going for the safe option, no, for some sort no, of no, option. no. <laughs> no. But I, I, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll jump in on the Andy Carroll thing. I mean, as, as I said, I think it's player bingo. Having said that, um, you know, uh, had he um, not had his, you know, dreadful bloody uh, injury record or whatever, he is a, you know, he he, he scores goals. Whatever people think about it, wherever he's playing, he scores goals. Um, it's his injury record. It's, it's yes, it is. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. I, I, I That's think... why you would never look at a player like that because no, no. you would never go. Uh, yeah, the the ponytail is, is very, very questionable. Yeah, um, but I'm going to move. I'm going to move it on now to uh, because um, we're going to have a discussion about um, uh, Timuray Bakayoko. I'll leave Hazard till after this because we want to whiz through a couple of other points as well, and I just want to keep it going because uh, as I agreed at the beginning, I want to finish at nine, so it's twenty-five-two now. Um, let's just have a quick chat about. Bakayoko. Uh, I'm going to bring Dan in here, I think, for this one. Um, Dan, I think, is probably very aware from conversations with Della Parb and, uh, and, um, and everything else that Bakayoko takes or seems to be getting targeted almost in a Mikel like fashion now, um, having had a song dedicated to him about not losing the ball and then playing some pretty dreadful stuff. Um, I personally think. Um, we're too impatient as fans in general um, and I yeah. think he's he showed on Saturday um, against Brighton um, okay not the world's greatest opposition but I think his stats that came out after the game were fantastic possibly better than anybody else on the pitch so, I've got him here 71 touches 56 passes 96% pass accuracy 3 dribbles 1 2 tackles 1 2 interceptions 2 clearances 2 aerial challenges 1 yeah I thought um, watching him on TV, very simple, very kind of, you know, simple passing, wasn't trying to be extravagant, possibly played in himself. I thought he had one of his best games for us. Listen, he's, he's off the back of a, a really, really bad knee injury. Arguably, we signed him when he wasn't fully fit. He's got to adapt to Premier League. It's very different to, to what he's used to. I just think, yeah, give him, give him a time, you know, just see how he does next season. I think a lot of players, were, a lot of clubs were after him. You know, he's, he's he's a physical specimen. He's he's a the epitome of a modern day footballer. Yeah. You know, a couple of shots he's had, a couple of goals. You know, he's had a couple of bad games. So what? We all have. You know, you should see me on a five side pitch. I'm awful. <laughs> <My specimen. laughs> yeah, indeed. You know, um, I, 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 the last player I digged out was Darren Wood. So, <laughs> right. And I just my dad <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, Martin, uh, you've you've been quiet for a while. Um, uh, Bakayoko, the future or a duff, a dud? I'm going to say neither at the moment because he's still adjusting. Um, he's 24 years of age. He's moving yeah. to a new country, a new language, a new culture. It's a hell of an adjustment. And mm. for all the some of the rubbish I've heard about him in the stands has been. 
pretty awful. I mean, the sarcastic cheering at Carrow Road was a fucking low point. Yeah, Yeah, that was dreadful behaviour. should be immediate banning orders for anyone who did that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there was some... I've also read something from someone who actually follows tactics, because I haven't got the time, and it mentioned that his time at Monaco, he played in a midfield two and excelled in it, whereas... For most of his time at Chelsea, he's been in a midfield three. Yeah. So that may have some bearing on it. But I think, you know, people do forget this. There is a human element to these footballers. They're not robots. Yes, thank you. They're not machines. For fuck's sake, it's ludicrous. I'm a carry-on. We're actually on the... the footballers. It's unbelievable. Fancast last night, um, Clayton made a very good point. You know, you're coming to a country, English isn't your first language. We don't know what the circumstances around his family are. Have they moved over here? Has he left yeah. them there? This sort of stuff. And, and Is he living in a hotel still? You know? Yeah, and, and it, you kind of do think, people forget that. Um, and I, I, always, I, I wrote an article for the fan cast last week going on about fans and keyboard warriors and, and various things like that and saying, you know, the, these, a lot of these people haven't been within 10 miles of Stanford Bridge, let alone actually gone into the ground. And um, I find that the criticism, you know, I... I I hated the criticism of Mikel. Whether you liked him or not, that that bloke was steady for us. Rarely ever did he fuck up, and and there were times when he came on. Now I know he couldn't he, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo when it comes to shooting, and I think that Bakayoko's probably um, needs to sack Mikel's shooting coach, who I think he's probably hired or whatever. However, Frank Lampard's free, isn't he? Yeah. However, um, I like. What I saw uh, against um, against Brighton, and he hasn't been anywhere near as disastrous as people make out. I'm gonna I'd, I'd bring um, Queku in to see what you what you want to say about this Queku. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is uh, I think we've touched on the, on the key points here. I think the first thing to, to mention with Bakayoko is um, he was immediately on a hiding to nothing because of who went out the other door at the same time. That was uh, Chalobah and. Um, and Matic. Uh, and Matic, yeah. Matic, I think, is a, is a bit of a different case because... Um, I think Manchester United are seeing the Matic that we remember yeah, right now. And, and also, by all accounts, he wants to leave anyway. So, um, um, the issue for me was, was how you dealt with um, Bakayoko. And that was the first couple of questions that Conte had to deal with. Um, why is he buying Bakayoko and letting Chalaga go? Now, once Bakayoko came in, you got to remember that the guy's been pretty much, as far as I'm aware, he's been pretty much injured the whole season. He's been playing with it. His first, his debut, he came on against Spurs because we literally had no midfield. Do you remember that in the early, in the early part of the season? We had yeah. Fabricant extended half, half yeah. the midfield out and he came on. He did a job, job for us against Spurs at Wembley. Now, and he did a pretty decent job uh, as we won the game. So, I always like that. I always like to look at a player's attitude first. How are you going to deal with it when things are not going your way? What, you know, you look at the, the team that we won the Champions League with. You had people like Caden and Louise playing with you know, actually one leg, um, hamstring injury. So if you were doing that, straight from the off, I've got time for Bring the microphone back, Kweku. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying that if, you, if, you're, if you're willing to put yourself through pain very early on in your Chelsea career and, and deal with the, the risk of of you know um, not being able to play at your best but give something for the team I've got a lot of time for you straight away my problem with him is the same problem that Frank Lampard has with him um, it's just that he this is a this is a, we're talking about ruthlessness we need everybody in that team 
at their best level. And he's clearly not at his at his best level. He's coming there, and I think there's potential there. Clearly, I mean, this is a guy who um, was 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 under Makaleli's tutelage at Monaco, so he's he's no fool. Um, but we need more from him, and I think he knows that. I don't, I don't yeah. think we should be I, hammering him. I no, think he knows that it's not been. His I, best. I think it's a bit of a shame that people are are hammering. I, I you know, personally, I look at these players like him, and I think there's a lot. A lot of it tells me in uh, what I see in a player is from their body language, and he knows he's been struggling in games, and yet not at one point has he thrown his toys out the pram. He's not lost his temper. He doesn't look defeated. He keeps on trying, and I like that, and I think that that yeah. speaks for a lot. I'm going to move it on away from him. I'm going to start with you, Donal, because I want you to talk about Hazard's goal, um, or uh, Hazard's goal, goals, sorry, on Saturday, and the part that Hazard played and in general um, on, on Saturday against Brighton. But, um, you know, for me, this is just me, I think we should chuck everything that boy wants to keep him at the club. That would be the biggest signing we could do this January is getting him on a five-year extension. Donal. <coughs> yeah. Um, yes, he was outstanding on, on Saturday. Uh, I think the the issue around Hazard is always does he do enough often enough? And I don't mean is he I don't mean it the sort of laziness or that type of thing. I just mean can he be closed out of games by by certain types of teams? Uh, but equally then he, he's not messy and he never will be. But he is um, <coughs> he is a game breaker. Uh, I think what Chelsea need to do is to have enough options that give him the room to to go at teams, and that's, that's what you saw on Saturday uh, by the way the front three played, and also you know the way that that they moved the ball forward quickly from, from midfield gave him those opportunities, and um, yeah, I don't know. he's 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 always going to be someone you want to see playing and. Yeah, I'd be very depressed if he left for Real Madrid. Um, not that's not to say that you know I'd, I'd, the sort of stupid money that people ask for and the sort of contractual things that that go on. I'm not saying he's guilty of this. Um, you know, I don't think I, I, my reaction isn't always that the club is in the wrong not to to be held hostage but I, I think he seems he seems happy playing for Chelsea he seems happy in London I think I think he'll stay and I think Chelsea should do everything within reason to keep him because um, you know so people say yeah he's, he's never quite scored enough goals he's never quite done enough this never quite done enough that I, I think again we get this sort of compressed view of, of what other players do and, and because we're not watching other teams every week we don't see the games where they don't maybe get the job done or, or underperform or maybe a bit injured or have had a bad day you know I, he, he does enough for me to want to keep him and, and certainly yeah he's well, when, he, when he's on it he's he's as good as there is as far as I'm concerned Keep yeah, the yeah. I think yes, keep the Belgian. Anybody else want to jump in on this one? Because I think it's 
far too important um, uh, uh, a player. For, you know, we should fuck Real Madrid and fuck all of them. I think in, in, is my view. Um, if 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 Chelsea can have players, well, you know, if Chelsea can have players like him cherry picked by um, the you know um, Barcelona lifting their skirt or Real Madrid flashing a bit of leg, um, uh, uh, and you know we are not what everybody might think we are not um, a poor club then football's over isn't it football's over you know, if that's all it ever comes yeah. down to is I want to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid um, and even the likes of United and City um, you know can't keep players because of the pull of, of, of those two fraud clubs as I call them because they're both bankrolled um, illegally as far as I'm concerned um, uh, both of them don't operate under the normal business rules that, that our clubs have to um, I, you know, I just, yeah. I, I just personally think that you know that, that football's over and done with. We should be chucking whatever has a needs. So anyway, it was some jumping. You know, you know what? Yeah, I, mean, no, I think he's. This is... Sorry, you, you, you get that. Yeah, go on then. Okay, just just a very quick point. He's twenty-seven now, so this is probably going to be his last big, big contract. So he's going to, you know, he's going to want to absolutely maximise what he can get out of it. I think, I think he's a fantastic player. I don't think he's ever going to be. The epitome of world class. I just don't think he's got the mental desire or hunger to do it. You know, he, he turns up when he wants to. If, if he, he just, I think Dan Levine alluded to the fact that he's very, very much a homeboy. He loves his family and his kids, which is fantastic. He's a, you know, as soon as training's over, he's home to his family, which I think is fantastic. I just don't think he's got that desire, maybe, just to go to the next level. I think you have to ask yourself if if he had a, if he got knocked. I mean, he usually gets kicked in the legs. But if he was walking from the field with a bloodied head, would he be checking his face out in someone's mirror stroke no. mobile phone? <laughs> and that, that, that I think is what sums him up. You're right. He's never going to have quite the narcissistic drive yeah. to, to, to be absolutely the greatest there's ever been. That's not in him. But I think, exactly. like I mean, you say, I mean, he's still a great footballer. You know what? I remember he interviewed after the Newcastle game with his first hat trick, and they were saying to him, "So Ed and what? Now you get to celebrate?" He was like, "No, I'm going home to my family." Mm. You know, he loves his football, he loves his family. I think he's a great guy. He never gets any bad media. The little giving his shirt to Brighton fans, which I thought was a great touch, despite some people having a go at him. I thought, you know, what a fantastic touch that kid's. You know, had his had his day made totally. I think he's a great player. We're very lucky to see him, and I hope we see him for another five years. Yeah. You need the microphone back, Quaku. Sorry, people are talking about whether Hazard is as good as uh, um, Ronaldo and Messi and what he needs to do. These are two of the greatest players who have ever played the game. Who is as good as them? I mean, mm. Messi might well be the greatest player who, we have, who has ever played football. If, if Hazard is not quite at the level of scoring... Uh, over 20 goals a season, 10 seasons running, um, then I'll forgive him. I think I think the critical thing about this whole issue is that there are more question marks over the club than there have ever, well, in, in the modern Abramovich era of Chelsea than there, there have ever been. We've got City and United and Liverpool and Arsenal and Tottenham who are all now at our level, uh, more or less. Um, we've also got the stadium coming up, um, which we're going to have to pay for. We, we need to decide yep. whether you know we've got a whole series of issues, and I think the, I think the best thing we can do is to st- settle the easiest one, which is to say this is the kind of club that we are going to try to be, which is we are. And, and this, here, here's another thing: we're of all the clubs in that top six, 
we are the least uh, ex experienced at having to, to concede big players to Real Madrid and Barcelona. We, we, we simply haven't done it. United have had to, Arsenal have had to, Liverpool have had to, I think City, City no, but um, you know, in our period of success, we've not had to. So we have to be very, very careful. Um, although it would be hard because those two, those two clubs hoover up everywhere and they are at the top of the future and we have to accept that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm tapping in now. I don't think we do have to accept it. And I don't think English clubs, I'm just talking about us, but I think the likes of United and City, um, and arguably Arsenal, well, maybe not so much Arsenal, <coughs> yeah, shouldn't, certainly shouldn't sit back and accept that. I, I, I refuse to believe that, that uh, yeah, otherwise football's dead, isn't it? It's, it's no, dead. No, we, we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't, but it's, it, it's, and I don't personally, other than you will, we, we are a particularly difficult, difficult club to buy big players from, as the history shows. But it, we have to be aware that it's going to be harder now than it's ever been before because we are not the dominant club in England. Yeah. I, I think we're going to keep Hazard, by the way. Yeah, um, Martin, I'm going to... Yeah. Martin's been a bit quiet for a while. Martin, your, your views? Um, well, bloody hope we keep him. But um, if we were... I'm going to throw in a bit of a stinker of a question here. If we were told, OK, you can keep Eden Hazard, but in order for that to happen, you've got to give up Thibaut Courtois who probably be similarly coveted by Real Madrid. In fact, mm, probably I'd more so. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't have Caballero yeah. taking over. Yeah. No, because I'd be going in for someone like Jack Butland or, you know, maybe Fraser Forster. I think there's plenty of pretty yeah. decent not, 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 Fraser, not Fraser Forster. That's a move his feet. You watch Fraser Forster. He doesn't set. He doesn't set himself properly. It's a it's a problem for him, and I don't think he's ever going to get round it. He doesn't move his feet enough for but, a top class goal. Either way, I think there's there's plenty of other decent keepers out there, um, not Caballero. Mm. And I'm going to move it on now because um, I, I do want to talk. We've got um, just a few I wanted to get through. Maratta, um, and I'm going to throw these out there and let you three just basically come in as you see fit. Maratta, uh, I've asked, is he the new Drogba? with his penchant no. for uh, um, going to ground easily. Because um, this season, I think he's probably been as bad as Drogba ever was. But um, there was uh, in his first season, there was a very pointed um, part after a Manchester City game, ironically, um, where he got a flick to the side of his face and he went down like he'd been hit by JFK's assassin. Um, I believe after that game, uh, JT and Lamps um, took him to one side and had a little word in his shell-like about how we play the game in the Premier League. Um, so there's that one. Um, Barkley, Ross Barkley. Um, bargain or bargain basement. Um, Caballero. Um, I, I want to discuss his, combi his combination of madness and brilliance. Um, last night on the fan cast, they were discussing him in the same terms as Peter Barota. Um, and I have to say, I do, I do see that. So I'm just going to throw them three in there. Fire away, um, I'll take Barkley. Right. I'll take Barkley. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I had to write an article about him. And I, I, I ran some numbers on, on, on him, and I was really, really surprised at how good they were. Um, the problem with Barkley is where is he going to play? And I don't mean that in terms of where will he fit in the side. I mean, what is going to be his ultimate position? Is he going to be the... I mean, Conte's said he, he's thinking about him as a number 10, as, a, as a, one of the mid, deeper midfielders. Um, I think we need to find out exactly how he's going to work with us. But I, I, I tell you this, the talent is all there. If we can make that work, that might be a hell of a signing. This is a guy who the assists, he's, he's you know, for Everton, 
he's he's got the most amount of um, assists or chances created out of any of the English players, including Deli Ali. Um, he's, I think he's level pe- pegging, almost exactly level pegging with Deli Ali over the last two seasons, and we got him for fifty million pounds. Now, if we can get, if we can just find a role for him and he can knuckle down and do what he's told, there's a hell of a player there. Um, and I, I think more than more so than people realise. So my, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that one pans out, to be honest. Got my Everton mate who said we've got an absolute diamond of a player. He's a huge Everton fan. He says he's one of the best players he's seen for Everton. When he's on fit, he is an absolute phenomenal player. He's got great intelligence, great awareness. And it's the 15 million, you, you, you robbed him. He went, ironically, you did, you're robbing the Scousers. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, they may have thought so. They didn't they? Um, Dan, that's mm. an interesting point there, really, because, um, uh, I, 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 I you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with it as a as a uh, as a deal, um, and I think he's got lots of potential. Um, uh, yeah. do, do you think that that, he, that he's under the right manager to develop him and put him in that in his well, rightful in place? Little, you know what he's done to Victor Moses. You know, Victor Moses was a you know part of the lone army for three years. He's come back and he's turned him into a you know a wing back. He's you know Alonso's improved. I think Conte will definitely improve you. Cool problem. Yeah. 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 I think you've got, you've got to give him some time. He's, he's coming off a bad hamstring horrendous, injury, horrendous. isn't he? Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see much from him this year other than just getting back into playing yeah. football. I, I do hope that there's not this requirement for him to be instantaneously brilliant. I think yeah. um, you've got to give him till next season, really, to to to, to see yeah. what, what's really going to happen with this. Yeah. What he brings in, he gives you kind of like a bit of pace beyond the front, front man because the moment, you know, no one's going to like, you know, Lampard-esque edge of the box pick up those loose chances because we haven't got anybody who's going to kind of do that and, you know who's got the awareness the ball might drop and bang it in so we have, Has he, we will he still have that pace after this hamstring injury things like yeah. that well, you've got to wait and see you know I, yeah. I mean we're pace like you know making a run beyond the striker because we haven't got you know the amount of times the ball's come to the edge of the area and we're thinking oh god if Lampard was there you know that yeah. kind of awareness of where the ball might drop which was one of Lampard's many and great strengths and he can he can finish that boy he really yeah. can if, he, if he's given the, the opportunity I mean if you if you think about it you, if you if it works out look at the kind of midfield we can have next season you've got Azard there Kante who we've not even mentioned um, because and he's a player of the season it's quite kind of, kind of ironic he's just so good that you just you know you just don't know. Yeah. Um, and then you know with Ross Barkley and Conte's record with midfield is absolutely outstanding you look at it, what he did with Juventus, the, the Pirlo, the, the, he's the one who pretty much put him in that, in that role at 34 going on 35 and made it work still. Um, and then you've got um, what he did with Pogba as well, he came to Juventus for free and he sort of, you know, Conte shaped him into a £100 million player. So I think, um, we, I think we've got something good to look forward to with that. I really do. Thank you. Uh, I'm just I'm, a bit scared because, sorry, one last thing, I'm just kind of the first sign of ageing for me is that Barkley at 15 million quid is low risk I'm old enough to remember when that broke the British transfer record so I'm a little bit worried <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 scared by that I remember yeah. Alan Shearer and it was all over yeah. the plate it was now 15 yeah. million 
Shows. But then you've got then you've got this interesting thing, and we talked about it on the fancast. I'm conscious of time, so uh, if if you can hold on for ten minutes, Dan, we'll whiz through the rest of it, and then you're free to go and uh, uh, cook or eat or whatever it is you've got to do. I just okay. want to say it was an interesting point made on the on the fancast like when you talk about the ridiculous amounts of money that have been touted for, um, you know, what Nate that was paid for Neymar, uh, Coutinho was 140 million. You've got. Um, albeit 30 million or whatever for Sanchez but then on a, a king's ransom of a salary and God knows whatever else and 10 million quid for his agent um, and I, I believe there's talk um, under FFP 2.0 um, that there would be um, kind of all sorts of caps on transfers of £100 million and, and, and stuff like that which I think would be great I think that would be great for football because then it comes down to the club it comes down to what the club can offer um, rather than just the the the, 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 the Rather um, horrific lobbying of money at people. You might see more of gonna... swap deals that you see you've yeah. seen this week with yeah, yeah. Um, Sanchez and Mkhitaryan swapping That's deals. It. I think and you I, may see a lot more like trades that yeah. you get in the NFL. It, it, it does interest me. And perhaps we'll we'll bring that into the to the next podcast. I'm going to move on, conscious of, of time. I just want a quick word um, from each of you on Morata and the point I made about him falling. I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll move on very quickly. But Morata, uh, I've I like him. I think he's a f- got potential to be fantastic. I don't want rid of him. But this, um, and I am going to point the finger here and say this Spanish football influence penchant for fucking going to ground when someone's basically just winked at you um, is ridiculous. And I think it's it's costing us. It, it, it's costing us in, in his appearances. Um, comments, chaps. Uh, he'll, like Bakayoko, needs a season to adapt. He knows where the goal is. He's an intelligent footballer. Plenty of positives. I think you'll be a good signing for us. I, I can't get too exercised about diving into them. I think, I think too much has made it. Honest with you. Players Microphone quick, oh, sorry. sorry. Players come to. I can't, I can't get too exercised about diving. I, I'm more concerned about uh, players who have their legs broken. I just think it's a particularly English um, obsession that I, I'm, I've never really been into. I think you'll learn, just like Drogba did, just like all the others do. That if you keep going down to ground, the referees won't give you anything, and you'll yeah. work it out. Um, yeah. But I think he, I think he'll be fine. I, I just want to see how. I think the key to Morata is what happens with uh, with, with Deco. Um, I think that will reveal a lot. But I think if, if we continue to use him as the main striker, yeah. I think he'll be as he is, more or less one in two. But he'll, <clears> I, I can't see him being a kind of 20, 30 goal season. He's a good player. But I think he needs more alongside. Him. Donald, you look like you're about to say something. I look. Are you spying on me? Well, I can see you when whenever anybody speaks. Like, like there's a blue halo that lights up around your picture on Skype, and and it's. Oh, I see. Sorry, for one moment. It, it was it was, was oscillating. Yeah, it was oscillating. I thought, I thought um, you'd hacked in and uh, got hold of my uh, camera. No, no, you're, um, you're, you're. No, I was probably breathing heavily. Uh, Morata, yeah, I, again, I think he he did reasonably well. Sort of start of the season, he's having a dip. Um, things perhaps not going right for him, but yeah, he. I think we've got to wait until next year. You've got to give these guys a season. He's, he's scored some goals. It's not like he's had a complete drought. You know, a bit concerned recently with you know a couple of the games where he just doesn't seem to be able to connect. But hell, they all go through that sort of thing, don't they? That's, yeah. that's part of the striker. Uh, but yeah, I think he's got enough footballing quality about him. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't enjoy going to ground too easily because I, I just think it, you know, sometimes you're more, you'd be better off battling some of these guys. But that's not the way 
he's used to playing and sometimes it takes a bit of time to adjust. So, yeah, I don't have too many worries about him. Martin? Yeah, I'll I'll be more concerned about his um, lack of goals recently. Diving, I couldn't give a toss about. If he retaliates, he'll get done as well. So, yeah. It's it's a physical league. He's much more physical league than he's played, used to playing in. He's more games in a season than he's played thus far. It, uh, I've heard you know people getting a bit histrionic about him being the worst striker they've ever seen. Well, oh, no, my point, <laughs> I know my point of reference is Chris Sutton. He's got a long yeah, yeah. way, long way to fall before he hits that level. Uh, and, and Robert Fleck before him. Yeah, Alan May. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, Come on, we're, I won't even born Alan May. Thank, no. thank you, Shira. Yeah, it, it takes me back to a, 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 an article I used to write for our old Chelsea blog um, that Donald and I used to contribute to, um, where once a year at the annual Chelsea awards ceremony there was this darkened this 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 chest hidden away in a darkened room that contained every one of the utterly most shit players we'd ever had. Um, and the, the strikers, it was, the strikers in there were just shocking. And you've just mentioned a few of them. Um, I'm conscious of time, especially as we, uh, we've, um, Dan, Dan is chomping at the bit to go off and um, uh, be be husband Dan and everything else. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just going to, uh, we had other things to talk about. Um, I'm just going to do a couple of things um, just to say that um, I'll be interested to see what happens when our new CEO takes over. And I don't know. Um, I think you're all aware of the fact that um, I, I do know him, not intimately, but um, I worked with him on several occasions in my previous role because he was the chief exec of Vodafone. Um, and um, he, uh, just to, to, to put you in, in, in how he was thought of within Vodafone UK, um, he's the only chief exec in my 24 years with that company um, that I can ever recall getting a collection from the staff on the day he left such was the respect that he was and and people liked him he was a proper uh you know jeans and open neck shirt man he would only wear a suit under the most extreme you know perhaps when the the shareholders were coming around for this you know for the, the annual bubbly opening ceremony but other than that um you know he was a proper proper bloke and he was very well respected I kind of think that he he may well have that touch with the fans as well I think he may well, well you, you, help bridge some of the you, gap between the fans and the board you tell him to use that collection money to pay for his contracts yeah 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 will do yeah um uh, uh, lastly I'm just going to before we go into the the outros um just want to quickly um a quick word on on us as fans really um from each of you um are we Stupid, fickle, spoil. Are we entitled to coat players and boo, um, or is there a group of uh, amongst our fans that need to grow up or grow some? Martin, I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> I think social media just inflames a lot of it. I mean, I think people, fans, paying fans are entitled to be, you know, unhappy. Some of the performances were subpar. There's no getting away from it. But you know, I've. I caught up with Homeland recently. If you've, if you've watched the oh, most recent... Yeah, um, yeah, good minds and all that. Um, there's a, the last series features a, a troll farm. And it's basically... <laughs> yeah. It's there to... It's under, yeah, it's there to undermine the president-elect. But you get these rows of people on computer terminals running social media accounts coming out of all this crap about the you know the president-elect's son was this, she's... It'll, I think there's, sim- there's something similar going on in football because all these accounts that come out with the 
hypercriticism of players, of Cahill, of Bakayoko, of um, you know, name any other players you like. You know, Drinkwater, the yeah, transfer yeah. business, Marina. And it's all coming from weirdly named accounts, firstly. And, um... <laughs> blimey. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry, I just dropped the pencil. <laughs> he, he's just come out of one of those bot farms. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, I just dropped yeah. the pencil. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so all these hyper-reactions, if you like, because it's the only way to describe them, are coming from these accounts, and they're filtering down. So it's almost like a form of astroturfing. It's filtering down. So I'm now hearing people at Stanford Bridge, at away, at away grounds, and they're coming out with things about certain players and I'm thinking you wouldn't have said that a year ago yeah now you're saying you've only just said it because someone else has said it and it's yeah it's you know formed a root in your head yeah <laughs> just... do, you, do you remember we used to have these arguments about people people actually go to matches and people who, who, who watch at home or whatever yeah I think the divide in football between those two groups of people is more stark now than I think it's ever been yeah when you, when you see social media sometimes when I'm not at Stamford Bridge and I'm mapping to follow a game on Twitter and you see the way people are talking about players and then when you're in the ground you see he's the same player as being you know he's having his name sung and everything I mean there's yeah. obviously a few yeah. who come in and say things but this this hyper I think Tim Vickery called it this manic depression that, that seems to exist <laughs> yeah it, it's it, not wrong it's just, it's, yeah. it's, just it's, it's really really frightening and I think the, the I think this is one of the main reasons why when we go to Wembley, and this is the last little rant I'll have before I shut up. When we go to Wembley, one of the most important things the club need to do is to cut those ticket prices as low as possible because we need to get people back into the spirit of going to games and not following on social media. Yeah, it's, it's I just, agree. It's just, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask Dan for his, his view because he, Dan, is part of. Uh, he's on the board of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, so I'd be intrigued as to his view. Get football back into football. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, see, you pay your money, you tie to your opinion. I mean, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, Twitter if it wasn't for these, you know, opinions. I think I could happily take a, a rational opinion, a rational argument, but then when it results to, you know, getting insulted because you don't agree, then it becomes childish. You know, you're always going to have debates, you know, questions, is he good, he's shit, he's this, he's that. It's just, it's just where we are. I think it's become a lot, lot more, you know, as Martin said, you know, Twitter has brought out the worst in a lot of people and the worst yeah. in our water bases from, you know, different parts of the globe. I think it's, it's cold out there. You pay 50 quid to watch football, but if you want to coat somebody off, you know, you're well, to do it. I'm saying it's right, but, you know, no. you, you know, you pay your money, you take your chances. There's nothing wrong with constructive but, Do you think, do you no. think there's more booing? Do you think there's more booing now than there used to be? Or yes. I think, I, I think more about, you know, sometimes... Sometimes they're going off at nil-nil against, you know, Burnley or Leicester. something. Leicester, uh, you can hear a lot. Yes, well, Leicester moving, was. You know, and you just think, yeah, it just seems, I don't know, I, I'm not saying it never happened. You, I think it's always know, happened, but it just seems to, less seems to trigger it. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be. And has, the, the, the irony of it is the first time I can remember hearing booing for performance, actual performance, was actually under Jose Mourinho in yeah. his first spell. It's very ironic that. It was a game against Newcastle at home. We were drawing nil-nil when people start there's only a few people but people start it was audible um, so yeah. it, it's definitely got to be a modern a modern thing because uh, if, if, if that was our, one of our best teams that we've ever had so you know 
Yeah, I find it. I'm do, I'm going to um, move into the outro in a minute. I'm just going to say my piece, which is um, I think a lot of it is to the fact that people, um, you know, you have got millions of fans around the world. You've only got forty two thousand in a stadium, um, <laughs> and in a lot of cases, and certainly for the away games, um, you know, the games aren't always televised. Um, and I think I, I think the Premier League and I think the clubs are missing a trick by not allowing people to pay 10 quid to stream the game and have a, a kind of an equivalent away season ticket so they can see the game rather than just this trigger reaction that seems to go on oh someone comes on and says Cahill's shit and then someone else goes yeah Cahill's shit and all this and I want his leg broken and all this he's um, always shit and then it goes uh, a bit yeah and, it, and it, it becomes viral and you can prevent that just by giving people access to those games um, you know there's a big question about you know illegal streaming well there's there's a reason there's illegal streaming going on because there's a fucking market for it because people would pay to watch those games um, legitimately mm. not, not everybody some people are going to want to fucking yeah, whatever you set a reasonable price I for one certainly would be happy to pay five, ten quid a game um, to have it streamed on the days it's not being televised and the games I can't get to um, so I but think the thing you've got you've got to ignore you've got to ignore a vast volume of the nonsense that goes on social media you know I obviously look through Twitter when games are on sometimes just to amuse myself you know guessing beforehand who's going to be saying what and 90 yeah. percent of the time you're right and yeah. you know we're all guilty of it um and you know people who i sort of quite like and respect on twitter and whose opinion i value some sometimes when a game is on i just <laughs> look at what they're saying because it is just nonsense and then once the game is over maybe a day has passed they'll write a piece which makes a lot of sense so yeah. i think it's that sort of hyper emotion you get during the game right? I think you've just got to ignore yeah, in yeah, enormous. I think at the ground when there's booing and, and players are being coated you know I, I don't like the per, the targeting of players that, that, that goes on you know very rarely but it does happen I think that that's more important to me yeah. than all the nonsense people I mean I follow Twitter. these accounts uh, Donal F and Grocer Jack and the nonsense <laughs> that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but <laughs> we're entitled to is because we're senile old gits okay and that's my defense album covers on Saturday yeah, <laughs> it's just, I'm just going to, it was, it was album covers on Saturday, yeah. you're right Martin, um, and uh, uh, and also very cleverly last week in, I had a mission on the fan cast to get as many um, uh, song titles from The Sweet, the band called The Sweet, the glam rock band, into it, and I think I managed about seven or eight, um, and a couple of people who obviously gave their rage away in mix and spotted the fact that I'd, I'd refer to somebody as a hellraiser and someone else as a blockbuster and someone else as having a little willy. I think that was the referee from Norwich or whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah. Not so, the big uh, willy in the goal then? No, not the big willy in the goal, actually, no. And, 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 and we will come on to him another time. I'm going to wrap it up now. So just some parish yeah. notices. Um, if, um, if, just, just, before, just before you do that, Tony, can I just say that I, I, I'll do it now because we didn't cover Conte, but a small recording has fallen into my hands. Oh, okay. have, we, uh, have a quick yes. listen. Yes, please put it on. <laughs> so I've, I've not heard any of this. Yeah, chat, um, so. if you can picture the scene, um, if you can picture the scene, we're, we're, we're under the bridge, you know, the little club at Stamford yeah. Bridge. They had a little staff party there just recently. And if you can imagine, it's about one o'clock in the morning and um, Antonio is, is there with his dinner jacket on, his bow tie is straggling down you know, it's undone, he's relaxing. He's at the grand piano and just noodling about, amusing himself, that's champagne on the lid, etc. And um, who should sort of wander over uh, in a, a spangly uh, evening gown but Maria 
Mariana Renovskaya. And she uh, sort of puts her glass on the piano and uh, says to old Antonio, um, why don't you play something for me? And this apparently is what he played. He played dead air. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you, he's not going to get a tip. No. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I'm intrigued, Donald. Is it the sound of silence? <laughs> That's a shit joke, sorry. I'm getting sound of divorce, so hurry up. Yeah, yeah. Did it not come out? No, no it didn't. Uh, we, got, we got a series oh of Oh, my clicks. days. Are you on oh. mute? No. Oh, uh-huh. that's really sad. Shall I try it one more time? Just try it one more time, and then I'll do the outro, and then... Oh, this is, this is really sad. I wonder why this isn't happening. Can you hear anything? Nothing. Not at no. all, mate. Only you. No, I'll save it for you. next time. I'll sort yeah. it out. So, sort I'll it out for next time. Really um, is it, is, is that move the first on. podding shed without a Donal uh, special? Yeah, we... We'll have to we'll have to move on, right? Some parish notices. Um, uh, uh, you will be able to re- listen to this, um, dear listener, uh, on iTunes um, when it gets released, probably in a day or two. Um, uh, or you can go to um, podinshed.com, Just type it in the Google and then click on the links, and you'll find eighty nine previous episodes um, with, with which to fill your boots. Um, if you're desperately desperately hunting around, you may even find our our, our infamous ghost episode um, in there, um, which was a bit like a Johnson. I think it was a, a recall about an hour and twenty minutes of chatting before we the horror came to our eyes that we hadn't actually recorded it um uh the chelsea supporters trust of which we have a fine member uh on board with us tonight dan silver um join the trust get your voice heard by the club um it's five pounds to become a voting member um but you don't have to pay that um you can join for free um if you sign up it's at chelsea supporters trust.com uh you can attend the meetings um come to the events um but you can't vote unless you've paid some money but i think if you pay the money you do get a rather fetching little badge um dan my one is broken so am i entitled to a replacement mate i talked to you at the uh newcastle game you're a quality geezer you are um and um, that's that's a no then yeah, probably. Yeah, um, you can also follow them um, at Chelsea S Trust. Um, now, the next podding shed um, will, or even may, be in four weeks. I'm going to try and schedule this monthly, um, and I'm going to try and produce a schedule for everybody and ask who wants to to join in. I think it works quite comfortably with with me. Um, winding my neck in and letting um, far more erudite and intelligent people discuss this um, and hopefully I'll find some for the next um, podding shed um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> can't resist the last minute. Um, first of all I'm going to let Dan Dan's desperate to go so thank you very much Dan for joining um, hope to see you soon at a game mate and have a beer with you Definitely look forward to it. Cheers, Dan. Um, uh, Donal, thank you very much. Um, you just need to go away and talk to your music producer. Um, oh, about, yeah. uh, it. We'll, yeah. we'll do it next time because we'll yeah, be doing we'll content. We'll some do it point. next time because I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. Uh, Kweku, oh, thank yes. you very much indeed, mate. Good to hear your voice no again. Um, and uh, finally, Martin, um, quality as ever. Um, thank you very much indeed, mate. And um, I'm hoping, hoping next time uh, I didn't see you at the at the, at the Leicester game, and then I found out that you were on some sort of dry weekend or something. So, well, you, um, I yeah, decided I was, it wasn't worth you going near a pub if you couldn't have a beer. 
No, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but listen, immoral. everybody, it's great. I really appreciate your time. Dan, go and have your dinner um, and speak to you all soon. Um, and from everyone in the Polish thank you very much and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.